same in China, China, different, different stories. stories. We are the ones that found our way, way, way in, life, in a new life. Hello, welcome to ABC, Adoptees Born in China podcast. I am speaking with Soraya today. Unique name, by the way, but I'm really glad I asked how to pronounce that. Is that is that the name you were given by, I guess, like your adopted parents? Yeah, adopted parents. So uh, they originally is so funny. So I have a younger sister and her name was Elizabeth. So they named me Beth during the time they saw me in the orphanage. And then when they decided to finally adopt me, they decided to name me Soraya. So that's kind of how I got my name. Okay. That's a huge shift from Beth. <laughs> Elizabeth. I mean, hey, everyone knows that yeah. one. Yeah. Elizabeth is her okay I mean hey I think I think that's actually also the name that I would almost had to was Elizabeth so I guess it's just common in that time nice like, name. <laughs> a nice name my sister you know she loves it so yeah yeah is your younger sister also adopted or no I am the only one so um I like I always like you know telling people about my family because I think it just throws people off right away because I am one of six kids. So I am the only adopted one of the six kids, but mm. I have four older brothers and then there's my younger sister. And so there's oh. all of us. Yeah. Damn. Okay. That's, that's a full <laughs> house. A lot to unpack there, I'm sure. <laughs> In family, you know, family dynamics are always something. And then, um, yeah. of course, we have our birth families and our adopted families, exactly. um, but four brothers and a younger sister. So, oh. yeah whoa yeah, yeah well yeah ahead. well that yeah no it's the, the, i think what helps that story is because that's kind of was part of how it helped with my adoption was um so i was born in 1992 so that's kind of during like the one child policy and everything mm-hmm. um so according to my records and stuff i was abandoned at a park when i was about a month old and they sent me to the orphanage that was there the shanghai welfare institute Children's yeah. Institute. So I was there for about three years. And so when my parents came along, my dad was working in China at the time, and that's what brought them there. Part of the, you know, process of them adopting me came down to like, hey, we have four sons. Like she'll be she'll be safe and protected by her four older brothers. And the fact that I was having a sister just added that, you know, she'll have a family, you know, versus if she was just an only child. Because also during the time I was being adopted, there was another Chinese family that was trying to adopt me as well. And so my parents had to convince, you know, the government to um, let them be the one to continue the adoption. And even through that, um, I think around 1996, um, I don't know if you've ever heard the book, um, it's called Death by Default. So I think it came out during that time. So what it was, it kind of incriminated the orphanage that I was at. And so the government kind of panicked and said, okay, um, you guys can't choose like your kids that you want to adopt, we're going to do it for you. Oh, and, and okay. so I was in the middle of all that. And so my parents were like, oh, no, no, we want this one. We don't want to go back in time. So they had to do a lot of convincing to oh. allow me to go through the whole adoption process. So a lot of things were happening, I think, yeah. um, during my adoption and during my time in China that I have right. no memory of. I have no memory of all that stuff in China. Um, but that's kind of the story that I grew up with and the thing that I, I learned, I think. Yeah. Unpacked on that. Okay, so you were a little bit older as well, like three years yeah. old when yeah. you. Okay, I was almost and four. Came, yeah, almost four. Okay, I was four, almost five. So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, older adoptees. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. Well, I know it sucks because I think I don't know about you, but I remember even too when I got to uh, 
finally choosing my degree, I chose psychology because I wanted to understand why it was okay. the way it was. I think that was something you learn with fast in um, you know, development classes as you get taught that, okay, the first three years of your life are the most important. Yeah. So, and you're like, oh no. Oh yeah. I don't know mine. So it's like, yeah. well, if you didn't do that, then this happens to you and this could be you and this could happen. You're like, great. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and so oh, then yeah. you feel broken too. You're like, I guess I'm stuck with this. I'm stuck with being, having attachment issues. I'm stuck with, you know, all these feelings. Great. And I, I am stuck with knowing that, you know, I don't have a first language because that's something you're also taught in language. Um, the development is that if you don't grasp the language in the first three years of your life too, you also don't have a first language. So whatever you learn next is your second language. So you're stuck with that feeling. Yeah. I have nothing. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those prime it's, developmental years. <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, it's really rough too because it, it. I mean, it makes you kind of I think question how you move into your life, right? Because it almost feels like that slight crutch that I had in my mindset too of going, you know, I am the way I am because lost the first years of my life. If that didn't happen, I probably would be better. I mean, <laughs> but things. Yeah. Where are you at with your, with like your connection to adoption now, like presently? Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy because I think for a long time I grew up, um, you know, in a a big family. I grew up in a very religious family. I grew up Mormon. Um, And so I, I think my life was very, I think, sheltered almost from my, my past. Um, While it was mentioned once in a while here and there, sprinkled around like, you know, yeah. Chinese New Year and let's learn a you know, Chinese dish or something. It, it really wasn't heavily on my mind. And I think mm-hmm. part of it too was that my parents felt that I didn't push to want it. So therefore, we're not going to push her to you know, mm-hmm. pursue it. So I think for a long time, I didn't care much about it. I think even part of my post I sometimes write is that I just didn't think about it because I was very white integrated with my yeah. life and I didn't you know especially when you learn you know what's happening with the one child policy you hear the abuse or those, these horrible things you kind of have a I don't want to know that like that's yeah like oh yeah yeah I don't want to know my past so you, you kind of evade that and it really wasn't until I think actually graduate school where I kind of got stuck in beautiful world of COVID and I was forced to sit with myself and realize that there was something called Asian hate in the world. And I was mm, like, no, yeah. that's not me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm safe in that world. But I think that that was the first connection of going, yeah, I need to start facing that. that that's about me. It is about me. Even if I want to pretend like, oh no, you know, they're, they're, they're ignorant. They don't know what they're talking about. It's okay. But then feeling the Mm-hmm. I I need to really understand better what that means for myself to be Chinese then. And from that, I was able to slowly, you know, un- unveil that. And from that, that helped me open. Well, maybe I should stop thinking that it's okay not to look for my birth parents because oh, maybe my right. mindset, you know, they're, they're dead or, you know, that something's happened or, mm-hmm. you know, because being your Mormon, you're like, you'll just meet them in heaven. You just have these, I think, almost protect blinders on to allow yourself to move forward mm-hmm. protected by your own self <laughs> that when you finally do have to unveil that you have to start making those decisions and so one of the first things I did after I, I left college and I left the Mormon church was I wanted to find adoptees who are like me because I was like yeah. I'm missing something I'm missing something that's really important to me and that, that has you know 
self and identity to myself. And so that's one of the first things that I did here was that I in Portland, Oregon, I, I tried to find adoptees. And then I think slowly through that, I finally said, let's, uh, let's, let's start looking for your birth family. Um, yeah. And I like to say birth family just because I feel like there's always that fear of like, I don't want to say birth parents just because mm-hmm. again, you see all oh, this yeah. all stuff, especially I think at our ages too. I don't know about you, but sometimes I always get a feeling of, I am so old, you know, yeah. I'm like 31, but still that feeling of like, I am just too old to, like my parents are probably dead or they don't want to talk to me by now. So there's almost that lack of, I think, hope that I'll find them. So I like to say family. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Soothe, to soothe the pain. <laughs> but go, maybe if I search, I can at least get that close. And that would be good enough for me. So yeah. I, I started doing that. And so that became a big thing. And I think it just comes in ways where, I mean, and that's something I've thought, I, I think the adoption journey is, it, shouldn't it just be a constant? Because I think I've had to learn that real fast. So I can't constantly commit to, I think, is the search or to understanding myself because I think life happens. And when you just are so, I think, so focused, especially when you missed out on it for so long and you're like, I need to get into it, you start, start judging yourself or start thinking you're not good enough, you start thinking like, I'm not hopeless, cause I'm, not, I'm not here where they're supposed to be there. So I, I definitely had to have a few breaks to where I'm like, yeah. I can't just focus on adoption. I can't just focus on somebody in Chinese. I know they'll never be satisfied you now. Yeah, we've lost a lot from from our past. I think I'm getting um. We're gonna test this whole headset theory. Oh, okay. I mean, that sounds good too. (laughs) There we go. We'll we'll, we'll stick to this then for 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 the time being, unless something changes. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I like, I was very much enjoying what you were saying, but I was like, oh no, it's starting to sound morphed. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I sometimes think I'm like. I, my headphones they're just perfect i'm just gonna use those i won't disturb any noises but the only noise i have is my cat so hopefully oh that's quiet it's quieter yeah it's because we got adopted and they're like we connect i know okay yeah i think about that too like a lot of adoptees who have a who like adopted pets and it's like what's i wonder what that feels like because if you were like, this is the gotcha day for my pet. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, you and I will go to family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like, there's a connection. Oh. And then your partner's like, I don't understand. <laughs> I know. I was wondering that too. It was like having pets, like you're really just like experiencing, I guess, the whole adoptive experience through your pet too. But I don't know. It's overwhelming. I mean, also they can't tell you like, hey, these things happen to me or right things. True. Like, why do you do that? Oh, my trauma. <laughs> yeah. Versus like adopting humans, we definitely have a lot to say. Um, I know. I know that's, that's been interesting. I think, I think too, once you start uh, like doing the search for your birth parents, looking for the Yeah. Search, it's a rabbit hole. Like that's something I've learned too. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect. So like, you know, you're focused for myself. I was focused on you know, just Chinese adoptees. And then I, you know, I got introduced here in Portland to the BIPOC community. I'm like, what does BIPOC mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I that up. and so then next thing you know, I started getting people who I followed and they followed me who were part of the Black adoptee community. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. No There's just so, so many facets of like, I yeah. So I know. It's great and exciting. But I think, it's hard to because just like with everything, like how do you become the advocate for yourself when there's yeah. all these news? And it's like focusing, of course, on the 
the central, you know, the important things that are for you. And that's when I had to figure out like what's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of it is like it's, it's your journey, it's your story. So like exactly. starting the search, I'm sure, and like putting your DNA and all the databases and stuff is like well, it's mentally taxing. I feel well, yeah, like. and then I mean, I put my it's like I put my DNA in like three things. So I did the first. I did the ancestry DNA thing, which oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the craziest thing ever because I remember what I did with my mother was there, and she was like so excited, and we opened it up, and we're like I'm five percent Polynesian. That totally makes sense. Like oh my god, like I get that. Uh, and so then, you know, it would change sometimes. So then I was advised to do 23andMe. And I was like, that's kind of better for if you're yeah, Asian. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. So I did that. And I'm like, well, I'm just Chinese. I'm yeah. North, yeah. South, I'm just, I'm just China. So, you know, it's okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, and then I put that through the GED match, you know. And it's just like right, all these steps you have to do. And oh, so yeah. I found, and I think it's hard to, because I found one potential second cousin in my Eternal side okay communication for a bit and you know it gets exciting but like i'll do what i can to help you find your birth family like, yeah and then it's been a whole year of no contact i'm like i don't know i, I, I don't mean know. yeah i know it's like okay this timeline is different from yours i guess so yeah. i don't really know what to make of it right. but then it's also again that kind of memory the thought of like china right those kind of moments frustrate me where it's like oh you know it's a chinese government you know I don't know mm -hmm. but i just feel like maybe that's part of it and he might get in trouble and uh now i'm getting so in trouble for you know oh i know i that that's a valid thought to think of those like oh doing this and like are we getting people in trouble or i guess right. a lot of people are voluntarily helping in doing this so it's right. like yeah and then a ged match will say hey you have this potential relative and then you, know, you reach out to them and they don't reach out to you but you you're another you know you're possibly another key mm. You know, it, it is, and I think that's what's so hard is I try so hard to do the whole, you know, don't have high expectations, you know, no yeah. as much as possible, but then you just can't help when you're hoping like, oh, oh yeah, it. yeah, it gets like, exciting. You're like, oh, and then oh, okay, never mind, don't want to well, talk. Yeah. Uh, and I just uh, submitted uh, my stuff to twenty three Mo Fung. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get all the like, should I do Weijin or should I do twenty three Mo Fung? And so. Yeah. It was like two twenty three months, so I, I did it, and I just have to do the payment part, which is sketch. But I'll do it. Yeah. Oh no. I, I hear that. Like, I hear that. Some of the stuff you hear. Yeah. It was a. It was a. It was a stress, and like I said, I've been doing this mostly like with myself, with my partner, with actually one of my really good friends. She's been a big support of it, and I think the greatest mm -hmm. of all is my adopted parents have been in any part of it of the search part just in the financial side support side and i mean i i think that's always the hardest part is because i actually put on reddit recently like are adopted parents obligated to like support adoptive mm. and it's really interesting like the answers you'll get that you've gotten i'm sure oh yeah see you i mean i think most people like i think obligated is of course a really big word yeah but I think there's a joke someone said it i think it was like Truthfully, too, in a sense where it's like, well, you bought them, you, you, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I get that joke too. It's like, oh, okay. You do the uh, buying. You do that part. Um, but I think, like I said, it's just about that connection and having mm. that, that need. Like, I want you to you know, be supportive of this. And, yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever, if on your podcast, you've ever talked to, I think, 
the perspective of adopted parents, but it is interesting. Like they're not too often. The love of, hey, you know, I support you. I just don't want you to get hurt, or I don't want you to be yeah. scammed. Especially in China, right? I don't want you to get scammed. But then it's just like it's hard because it is something that, like I said, I haven't. Um, I feel like that it's because I think I just waited so long and not. I think on my purposely put on myself, but it's just the you know. I'm just I'm just hungry for knowing who I am, right? This is yeah. Part yeah. of you, right? Yeah. Um, what about you? And, Where are you on, on your journey with us? I definitely think it happens at different points and depending what's going on. So I know I was like talking about recently when I like put all my DNA into all those databases and stuff, probably about two years ago, 2021. Yeah. I think I was more like doing it out of anger and feeling like oh if i find this connection to family which i, I agree it's like family because because we are in born 92 93 like we're probably like older siblings or middle child is what i'm guessing but i don't think i, I imagine a lot of us have younger siblings out there for sure but now presently i was like oh maybe i will actually try to make more of an effort and like one place was like send your dna via mail and i was like how do i do that yeah. Like, yeah, with it, investigators too, they're like, send me a six hundred something bucks and I'll help you. And like, see, that's yeah, that's like the scam part. You're like, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, eh, I mean, I do agree that we probably have to like spend some money on it for sure, but I don't want to be spending that much. It was like, well, no. yeah, even like you know, in posters too. And half the time, I'm like, I don't even know where my posters are. Like, I guess they're on. The yeah, like they're somewhere. So yeah, I think there's a little bit. Of that. I don't feel as much of like a big pressure to like really search like actively do it but i am like sort of more passively doing it it's like all right so like let's do you ever feel like though it's because and i and i think it's interesting just because the uh the article from the new york times came out about the whole oh uh, yeah korea and i always wondered like if china was not the way it was would that be would that give you more i think drive and desire to want to search because i think for us it's the it's a gamble, really, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're going to find them or you're not. And, and like I said, you'll get those naysayers on, online who like, there is no point to search for these people. Mm. So, because it is a culture where one-child policy was there or yeah. they want a boy or something. something right. It's like, I think it is. And I think that's what sometimes also makes me frustrated with other people when you do. And that does happen. You see part of the, again, learning the, the adoption culture is that these reunions people find it's like I think so it's very mm. because you you expect like well that's what I want you know yeah so I, I had like this whole debate with my my best friend today about that idea like but well, what if you know you learn that your birth parents you know your you know your mom had you as a kid or what if your mm-hmm. parents were separate like how are you going to deal with that because yeah you know, after parents, I have, right I have two parents so therefore I'm supposed to have two parents like that's the normal right way people have kids you know two parents and so it's like well what if it's not that and yeah like learning the truth quote unquote because I think whatever even if we do find our birth families um like what they tell us is like is that the truth maybe or is it not Um, because I think we all filter ourselves too so it's always like yeah after we do find our families like uh it's like so many more questions and like your identity Right. So I've got to reevaluate it again. I guess we well, are then, always. Yeah. Are, and then but, one yeah. of the things that I saw too, I, 
my, my best friend, um, I, I met her at work, but it's so funny because I made her watch the, the reunion of the, I think the Chinese girl on the bridge, right? The parents go to the bridge, they're waiting to meet their daughter mm-hmm. um, on this bridge and uh, they wait every day. And then the agency, I think, does the wrong date one one day and so they were really excited when it didn't happen when it finally happened it was like this whole trauma mm. on, on both parts the parents are grieving the child is like my parents <laughs> okay you know i'm happy to know these are my parents but you could yeah a look on her face and i was telling my partner i was like i will not be that person when yeah. i meet my parents. i will not have that uncomfortability i will make sure that i am good you know oh again, yeah you can't determine that and I think that's it's really hard it's really hard I feel like in the moment it's going to be like okay I was re- really prepared for this like particular action that I was going to take but then in right. the moment it's like uh <laughs> well yeah and then part of that was like me saying I'm gonna learn Mandarin which slow progress but you know <laughs> yeah if we actually like that so I'm glad I don't know what you're saying and you know what I'm saying and we had- oh yeah yeah Hmm. that's just so hard it's a dream and I think I don't know I don't I don't know what drives you now of course to search for your, your birth family like I like to say your birth parents but you know that drive for me though is the whole yeah right so why why did you abandon me yeah great we're good it's why? a little bit of that but it's also I think more for me is like the curiosity of like what they look like I think that's always oh, gotten yeah. me more is like what do they look like and do I have a younger sibling uh-huh. that would be pretty wild well, I mean, I think one of the questions you always ask too is like the idea of like, you know, do you, you know, your, uh, you know, your guests want kids, you know, after all this experience, mm-hmm. like, having kids. And I think for myself, that was one of the biggest reasons why I told my partner and I told most of my um, significant others I've had in my life where I was like, I don't know how I feel comfortable because I don't know mm. what I'm going to give to my child. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like- but I think as I got older, the biggest concern for me is the trauma. Because I think mm. that's something that I don't think any of us could expect it. And, and, and for me, I don't know, I'd love to know when it started for you, but that moment when you start asking yourself, why do I feel different? Or why am I mm. feeling feelings? Like I, I don't feel the way normally I should be happy or should be this, but I'm feeling this and I don't know mm-hmm. why. And it just was, like I said, a struggle. And I think for my parents, they didn't understand. And I um, mean, having six kids, you know, it's really hard to kind of, fully uh, navigate which helped but at the time for me it's like I I had those moments where I've had multiple times in my life where I had to come to question you know why am I even here on this earth you know it doesn't make sense and it's just where does the pain come from and I think to have that you know being dealt with and saying do I want to do that to a child now I'm like I feel these feelings and now I'm going to try to take care of you and try to make sure I oh yeah you know so I mean I think I commend people who want to have kids and can oh yeah that but I think it's similar to just with adoptions like you have to I think be mentally prepared you have to know that you Mm -hmm. take care of yourself you can give yourself help that's saying if you want to adopt kids you gotta be sure you are educating yourself you're preparing yourself Mm -hmm. those kind of things because I think I don't know about your parents but I think the biggest thing you know that I, I remember them telling me when I was a kid was you know uh, we'll love you no matter what. We'll love you no matter what, right? We'll love yeah. You. We love you like early if you're our own, right? You are like, yeah. so you are just the same as everyone else. We'll love you that way, and that will be enough for you. And it wasn't. And and that's the yeah. reality is that oh, I, yeah. I looked at things differently. And I, like, if I got punished, it wasn't, oh, I did something wrong. I shouldn't do that. Or, oh my goodness, 
Like, mm-hmm. I have every right to be abandoned now because of what I've done. Some moments were where I should have been protected and I wasn't protected. And you go, well, what do you do in these situations where mm-hmm. you were, that's what, you know, your mind is expecting to have in a life and you don't get that. And so those are the moments where I think said, being an adoptee, even as an adult, it's oh, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't take care of it. And it's something that I had to take care of, I think, throughout years. Like, I can't, I don't know, I personally will tell people, don't stop therapy. If you do therapy, oh, yeah. continue keep doing it. Lifetime, <laughs> you know, situation, it's not where one where you can go, I'm better, I'm great, oh, yeah. you have a good day. Because, yeah, I, yeah. I think, yeah, those are the moments where I just always wondered, you know, like, do we really think about those moments? And I don't, I apologize. I, I good ask you all these questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Please no, answer. No, you're definitely voicing a lot of what I feel too. It's, um, especially thinking about it now, but like when people ask, like, do you want your own kids? It's like, I mean, hitting now 30, I was like, I feel like if I really wanted kids, I probably would have been pushing for that lifestyle before 30. But now that's like, we are in our thirties. Like, uh, I think I'm really just now understanding more of like how to not let adoption or like the experiences related to it overshadow like just experiencing life and then like if I do have kids like I don't want to carry that and like send it to them or pass it on because always going to be something we work on so I was like man I think uh there's a lot to have like I understand better about myself but I do know it's like it's just in the past few years especially it was like when I I started to become more curious and learning more about being adopted and then talking to Chinese adoptees, let alone like more than one was something that was like very new. And then of course, like doing this podcast was the way it's like, oh, this is a way to like talk to a bunch of adoptees. And like, oh, you realize a lot of us have similar feelings about it. And a lot of us are getting to our thirties, like are that age of like, okay, no more like trying to figure out our stuff in our early 20s like we're we're here to figure it out so it's um well yeah and I think too it's also that self-awareness like at this yeah time, it's like well what do I want <laughs> yeah what do yeah, I like, want from all this what I want and what, how do I want to you know, move forward and you know in your 20s right you know and mm-hmm. I was for myself too. it wasn't until I left the Mormon church it wasn't until I left my family fully and just did my own thing that I did what do I want and you know what do I want to do for myself and I see like how do I heal from all this like right did you leave both of those at the same time like your family and the church at the same time or was that like oh okay so that's like a big hole I just I just you know graduated from my my master's program and I was like okay I'm gonna live my own because I I was I don't know ever since uh I don't know multiple times in life I found myself living with my parents for a bit and then Mm -hmm. divorced and then my dad left the church and then everyone yeah started kind of rolling out a bit um but yeah I think part of that is having that community right the, the safe safeness of your family the safeness of your communities and once you take that away who are you what are you oh, yeah. where do you belong and so I kind of joke too it was like I, I have this feeling where I'm like I am 31 now right and I, I'm just finally understanding okay yeah you know, mm-hmm. I know what I want for myself and you know it's the same thing talking to adoptees being able to um interact with um the community it's like the most healing thing ever because you are actually talking to people who understand something that you haven't had the opportunity or even some people you know thought you had the right to talk about because i i love you know that it's just the commonality of it is so working mm-hmm. to me this idea that we've been grateful this whole time and showing proving ourselves of why we belong 
you know, what, you know, right. and the where I'd like to tell people is like, I always did the right thing. I was doing the right thing for everybody, but I never did it for myself because I didn't think mm-hmm. I had a choice to do it for myself. And so now I'm like, oh my God, like, what's the right thing for me? And uh, I think part of that too, I think, and I, and I just said it, I think a few times, partners like coming out gay and they're like, okay, that's another big part too. Like, how do you do mm-hmm. that? And so all these, I think, different layers um, I think come down to the whole like right is feeling that security and when you realize oh, oh yeah well, that security you have to find it somewhere else and so that's kind of the journey I've had it being and I'm like okay these are the things that matter to me and these are the things I'm going to do to to heal that and exactly yeah. yeah I'm definitely one of those people who goes to therapy like every week and I've been doing that for about like four months almost five months which I'm pretty glad and it's once a week I talk to this to a therapist but yeah, it's very it resonates very well. Like right now, it's been a lot of like working through a very similar thing of like transitioning and like leaving spaces that no longer you, you don't longer you no longer feel safe in or you don't feel comfortable. And I think at the end of it is like we all feel like we must have to like prove something to people. But like, why being spaces and communities where you feel like you have to prove something when I do feel like especially adoptee communities that like we don't have to like prove anything to each other. I think there are still elements of people still feeling like they have to do that even. So it's like, ah, oh, it just never ends. We always feel like we have to like do something or favor something. It's like, ah. Uh, right. And I think what it comes down to is that choice. Or like my yeah. dad said when I, you know, when it was kind of happening is that you know, be your true self. And I'm like, oh, right again, that permission. You mm-hmm. know, gave everyone else the opportunity, you know, get their permission to how you did things. But you now have to do it. And it was like, I don't know, for me, it's a, it was the weirdest, most uncomfortable experience ever to be just going, okay. Yeah. yeah I deserve, I deserve to get help. I deserve to. Oh yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to advocate. To be an adoptee. You know, I, I deserve yeah. that. And, you know, I'm going to do that for myself. And I think it was so funny. Um, I was talking to um, someone recently on a podcast. Um, her name's Tarsha. She's part of the Adoption Journey podcast. And mm. she was advising I don't know that they're right, right? The ability to say, I mean, I think religion itself, you know, in most Christian Christian churches, right? This is the realm of where, you know, you have the choice to do things. You do the right thing or you do the wrong thing. Mm. But at the same time, those those limits have, you have to do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> you could do the right thing or the wrong thing, but we're really just saying do the right thing. And then, you know, it comes down to a reality is, is now you're in a space where you you can choose whatever you want to do, but it's not the right or wrong thing. It's the choose yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Choose yourself. That's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to, you know, to trap you. I'm not asking you so that you do what I want. I'm asking you because you deserve to do what you want to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because each of our own perceptions of what's like right and wrong is going to vary too. And I, I mean, I'm not too familiar with like the Mormon religion but it's like is that based off of christianity or is that based off some other stuff so like uh well they like i would say they advise that they are christian um but i think it comes down to the whole you, the right and wrong determine if you go to heaven or hell kind of ideology oh okay based to, i think christian religions where it's just the whole you either do the right thing and you can go to heaven or you do the wrong thing and i'm sorry <laughs> sorry so you're going somewhere else somewhere else and i'm so sorry to meet you it's like you just could have chosen better and it's like hmm interesting oh, Oh, thank you. So, I mean, that's another. That's where I think we're at right now. And mm-hmm. where you, me, any adoptees, you know, if you're hearing this or you know, are part of this journey, it's all about we're making the choices for ourselves now. We're deciding what we want to do, and yeah, we will hope and you know, pray that 
the people that we care about will go with us, but some people won't. And some yeah, it's like, oh. Intense feelings. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like uh, we we'll see how this goes. Um, right. People, we expect that people will go with us. Like, right, like, that's what I was just gonna I say. Just, yeah, because I just had like uh, when I moved here and I and I joined my first group. You know, I was like so excited. I was like, I, you know, got my own group. And I told them, hey guys, I'm looking for my birth parents, and they're like, oh well, you know, we're we're okay. Or oh, we're doing this. okay. And you must at the moment of like, oh well, that's not exciting. I have to like tell you because if you don't care, then. I guess I won't do it, but it's not that. It has nothing to do with that. It's like they're mm -hmm. different journeys, and that's something. Yeah, know, like, like I'm mm -hmm. an adoptee. It was the same orphanage as me, and I was just doing that same. Yeah, it's like, oh, are you are you on your journey to find your birth parents? And they're like, no way, I hate no. them. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. And you know, you know, it is. I think it, I, I don't know. Like you said it's this new world, so we're just having this expectation, mm -hmm. and that people are doing what we're doing because it feels good for us or it's what's healing us and the reality yeah oh yeah everyone's journey is different in the way that they and because people some, you know some people do actually get those good parents those adopted parents that mm -hmm. are, are all they need and i think that's amazing but there yeah. are some people who do need to ask and need to say i i, I need to know and i'm going to do this with you or without you you know and yeah i'll be there for those people too so oh yeah and do you do you still feel connected at all to like your siblings or were you, were you guys really connected much growing um, up think, or not really? I think mostly we're all connected through I think similar traumas as, as kids in the sense of just yeah. the way we grew up Mormonism through and just our parents strict um, kind of uh, teachings whether it was in regards to how to how to be healthy or you know how to be mm. good grades versus not you know bad grades and so how you you know fo focus on with education in the future so there are definitely things that were very uptight in my family of like you this is how you need to do things so you can be successful and I, of course I was on that train like 100% like of course I will be you know I'm gonna go, yeah. you know, go undergrad I'm going to grad school I'm gonna do all these things I'm gonna be a great whatever I am you know I'm gonna do it and um like I, I found myself in those moments where you know I, I took pride in it and it wasn't because I wanted my parents you know to be just oh yay she's doing she loves it it's more of like look i'm proving to you that you have no reason to leave me and like what is wrong we will not leave you and i know i don't believe you so that's why i'm gonna do it so it it, it i think like i said it it takes a lot and it, mm -hmm. it's hard to get out of because you can i don't know if you've seen yourself sometimes do that with your friends or your your partners in the past and so it definitely happens where it's like you just there comes a point where you have to, to turn it off and it's the scariest mm -hmm. the hardest thing ever because you don't know what, what that means because it's like mm -hmm. I let go of anything. I, gonna say. <laughs> I was like I don't know what will happen I mean I, I think we all want to try and let things go and move on but it's um I think it's one of those things like it's very hard to let it go and it's like a consistent thing that's going to be reminded in your face pretty often and right. I think like growing up I'm sure growing up with multiple siblings I mean I only have two but yeah. it's like growing up with siblings, like it is a constant reminder visually, like, okay, yeah, I'm adopted. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then our parents too. And that's like, oh. right. But like I said, there came to a point in, in that simulation. I don't know if it ever happened to you, but I remember when my mother would, you know, we, we you know, we, you know, we talk about my, my adoption or we talk about where I am now. You know, I don't know if they've ever, your parents have really mm. where you are now, to where you were then. And then I think my mom made a comment though once about like, um, in like I think an article or something where she was just like you would have never known that she was adopted based off her actions you know you would mm -hmm. never know she was adopted in other words you would never know if she had struggled through all these you know 
things, physical ailments, you know, right. yeah, I think it's like you get it if you break it down like that, but in that way it almost invalidates, right? And turns into an invalidation. And it's like, whoa, but but I was adopted. And these things yeah. happen. So no, no, I'm not white. Like, whoa. Yeah. No, I am adopted. So mm-hmm. that's why we talk about it. There's those moments where it almost becomes, like I said, the story changes where it's not about you then anymore. It's about how they did all these things. And now yeah. like, more proof of what they've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like a... Yeah, because even asking our parents who adopted us too, it's like, why did you adopt? And what they tell you was like, I'm pretty sure it's true, but I'm sure there's like some other parts or the harder parts that they're not gonna like share with us. Like the harder parts about why they adopted. I was like, oh, okay. Realizing it's like this is this is like your own stuff that you're dealing with too. So yeah, I think it's just wild to like really think about it. Well, I mean, and the one thing that my mother had said, I think, when she was adopting me, it was like one of the biggest reasons she, I think, wanted to adopt. And it was even before I think my sister was born, but she didn't talk about like she had a good relationship with her grandmother and her mother. Mm. And she wanted the, you know, daughters that she got that same kind of relationship. And so I think that's part of it. And I think that 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 is possible. And they're like, oh, that is, you know, that sounds nice. But did that happen? It, I would say no. And that was only because the way that I was raised didn't allow me to, because in my mind, I couldn't get that connection with my mom. Mm. And that was a thing. It was very difficult. Like I wanted, I so wanted to be her best friend. I wanted to have what she wanted us to be. But because of the traumas or the way that I got triggered by things, it just didn't allow me to feel like right. a it was, it was painful and hard to to accept that I'm not going to be what you wanted. But I can do these things. I can still do these things to at least balance that out. And uh, yeah. I think even when parents don't want to accept it. I think there is that sense of status at the end of the day. Like there is still that realm of status where my mom can throw on a on a, on a Christmas card, like here are the successful things that my daughter did this year. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Oh, doing good. And like I'm not just a Christmas card, like my siblings and I like to say, we're not just a Christmas card. Oh my gosh! It's like only the highlights of the good. <laughs> this one conversation we had. Pick and choose, um, but uh, pre-social media way of like tooting your own horn and like. <laughs> I think it's just part of their gener- generation of just they want mm. to show that you know, their their gen- their you know offspring has successfully mm. you know, been successful and therefore they're they can feel good about it, about and especially about themselves you know because it is hard especially raising six kids but I think right the individuality that we we um, have become and the way that we continue to be individuals in this right parents have to start realizing okay either i I can accept that and join them on this journey or i can be stuck and say no i just want this right i just want the comfortable thing that i know how to do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that is the biggest thing of like oh our parents and and it sounds like your parents chose you so i was like oh yeah You know, yeah. actively keep making choices. I didn't realize that there was an option to be able to like choose who you could adopt. I thought it was just kind of like a given, like, all right, here you go. This is who you get. Um, it was. So, like, I, I think I said in the beginning, it was that way until like the 90s. I think it's like a until uh, it came out about mm. happening in the orphanage. So, the, the, uh, where did where you where were you adopted from? Uh, Jijan Province in in like Ningbo. Okay. Um, yeah. See, I don't know if it was a whole China thing, but I just know that uh, once the, the once the uh, book came out, uh, the chi- China had to do some 
uh, control, uh, controls and some damage control. And so that's when they decide, okay, we're going <laughs> to assign and this is just be easier so that this doesn't, so that doesn't happen. So the issue doesn't sound as bad. So that was, I think that's my understanding, at least from oh, okay. the control situation. And so Interesting. they were chosen by the government to the kids was because that's how the, the church okay. the government could deal with it better than picking and choosing. Even if I know. I mean, well, yeah. that, it was like, was it 97 or 98? I think it was 98 for yeah. me. Well, because I mean, I don't know about you, but I like, it's weird because it talks about it, I think, in this book. And I did not recommend anyone read this book unless they either have dealt mm -hmm. with all the trauma and they can be okay with it. But at least, you know, it talks about child abuse. It talks about the incinerators mm -hmm. that are attached to my, you know, um, my orphanage. Like my parents would always tell me, like, did you know you were like, so I was found in October of 1992, um, mm -hmm. and they said all the kids that were that came in with you, all of them died except you. So good for oh, you. okay. No, this like, that's that's not fun. I'm like, great. I'm glad. It's I like, survived. why are you telling me this? Yeah, just to show you that you belong with us. You know what? Oh yes, I'm grateful. Oh, Thank you for being in that situation. But I think things like that, like you know, no government wants to be told that that's what they're doing to these kids so yeah like, oh yeah but, um, yeah, well, yeah in general yeah, it's like where i don't know if it's true all i know is that that's how i was taught and so of course that's why i didn't question my adoption i see my, my background because that sounds terrible i don't want to be part of that yeah <laughs> yeah horrible, so. i see nope. yeah <laughs> It's like having stuff like that being told to you as a kid and then like, I guess, growing up and it's like basically this like consistent thing of like, yeah. I guess like the grateful narrative in a way without like always saying to be grateful. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. like, don't really come to terms with it until you're older and like trying to be independent and like figure out some stuff of life. So I think that's... Right. And I, uh, I think with my, with my parents, especially my mom, I know she has some of my documents. It's like... I didn't like by the time I turned 18, she didn't die. I gotten those, but it's like, you know, it's their property because, oh, it's the certificate proves that I, you know, you belong to me. See, it's mine. And it's like, no, it's mine now. Yeah. I was <laughs> so like, there's that mm. thought of like, should I ask for those now? Because I, mm. those are mine now. Right? Yeah. So, those moments of, um, you know, unlike other people who have birth certificates, it's like, okay. Yeah. I have a birth certificate. I think I you get one for America. And mine, one, it has in Texas. So I joke with people that, I have a birth certificate from Texas. Oh, no, I don't think I got a birth certificate. I think I just have a, um, just the papers from China that was like, this is the certificate that says who you're adopted by. And like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure we are all entitled to have our papers for sure. Like, mm. but I have heard some of those scenarios of like, parents not giving their kids their papers and whatnot and I was like what the heck like those are those belong to like the person like that is yeah. their that is their property but make it easier for me to search for my parents if I had that information so. yeah yeah and I was like that's just some serious ego I guess involved with that it's like this, this is the part where it's like it's not all great I mean it's 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 like we try to put a positive spin on things or I try to put a positive spin but sometimes it is just hard or just like oh, yeah and, and that's the reason my mother, my father was like, you should write a book about your adoption and we should put our parts in it and you put your parts in it. And I keep telling them, I'm like, you do that. 
and things are going to come out because you cannot just talk. I think my adoption can't be the story mm. I've been taught or the story that you tell people. My right. story is not just about my education of how like I, uh, you know, you know, I don't know. I was like my my. I don't know. IQ was so low and now look at me or my, my story is not about like oh I used to mm. walk and now she's a runner it's just not these kind of stories and so it's like it comes down to like there was emotional stuff that happened yeah. and now I've recognized what those are and kind of what, you know, what to do with those things but you ignore that and that's you have yeah you have the best adoption story I could be I could make people think adoption is the best thing ever after me but I wouldn't want to do that because I know the reality the reality yeah, is like, okay. there's a lot of hiding there's a lot of I think not the adoptee story at the end of the day it's yeah it's, I think it's important yeah my dad like said well it is important though I'm like well yeah it, it is important that we know how I was adopted but that's what you're asking you're asking about the adopted part yeah the adoption my parents worked really hard they talked to the right people the right things to to get me where I'm at mm. but adoption is not just about the I finally got this kid. They're mine. Yay. It's about okay. now how am I going to let them live yeah. raised? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always props to people who can like write or read <laughs> about adoptions at that level because it's um, it's overwhelming to like really dig in because um, they have so many narratives. Because it's, yeah, those perspectives. The parents go, well, I never knew that. You know, and then we've gotten a lot of my parents are like, well, we didn't know that. Like, well, we didn't know that's how it affected you. I'm like, well, I didn't know how to communicate that. And I, and I accept that, but I'm not going to take, you know, mm. blame. I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to take those feelings away, though, because it's who, it's what's what made me become me. You know, I'm mm -hmm. a sensitive, emotional person, and I should have every right to be. So. Oh, yeah. So we all, we all have feelings because we're all human. I mean. I learned that late in my life. <laughs> Same. Feelings. Same. I was like, what? oh, I have I feelings. Have so I'm happy all the time. I'm happy. So happy. Nah. Nah. <laughs> no, right? No, we're not. I'm learning things. I just feel yeah. like I hope that our 30s just mean that we just it gets better and better for us. I think that's what everybody was telling me because I did turn 30 recently. I'll probably put a break in too. turned 30 and people like you feel different I was like I mean I'm waiting for it but I think I'm still trying to like work through some of this trauma or like stress that I've been through which is recently in the age of like 26 to 29 so I don't really know yet but yeah and I like that it takes time and I think yeah it's space and the one thing that I have learned that I still don't do very well is that you have to take the small wins when they happen yeah that's I'm like no I'm waiting for the result. I don't care. <laughs> oh, look, you didn't cry today. Like, no, okay. I, I know. I, these things can happen. Like, I know, but I want the end result. I want to know. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, tell me who my mouth is. Oh, yeah. Um, it's tough. But yeah. And so I think that's hard because I think, again, it's conditioned because I I, I feel like I think we're hardworking people because we kind of had to be. And so we're hardworking on at the end. Mm -hmm. Some of those traits won't leave. And I think some of those are good traits because they make. They uh, make us stronger and they make us more, uh, um, we're able to like, survive. And survive. Survive. I was just thinking that, just yeah, survive. survive, honestly. Yeah. It's like yeah. to be but, here. And, yeah. you know, someone was asking me that recently, like, how long does it survival mode last, though? Because I said some people, they are still in it. And some people, so they're like, are you? And I'm like, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I am. Sometimes I feel like I'm not. I feel like, like oh, yeah, I'm not bad. And then other days, I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still here. I still have things to, you know, to uh, concerns and worries and doubts yeah. in my life. But uh, I think it's just, again, right, recognizing that and saying, okay, I know I was where that goes now. There's somewhere it belongs. Right. Years, years in our lives, there was no place where that belonged. Oh, yeah. Even when you would ask your, I don't know about you, but sometimes I would ask my parents questions like, what's this mean? Or, you know, some, you know, certain things, especially like purity culture, or like, you know, what's it mean to be gay? And like, we, we don't talk about that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's the same. I feel like this was, feeling for no reason. Okay. That was the case too. It was like, I mean, I grew up with like parents who are Catholic, so practice Catholicism. And I was like, I don't think I really was into it. Um, yeah. But same thing is like, we didn't really talk about that stuff. So. <laughs> So like, we don't talk about these things. It's like, why? Oh, yeah, why? Why is there so much shame? I know, so much shame. So that's much shame. Well, so, and that's, I don't know about you, but I remember when I finally had to learn that for the first time in therapy, and they're like, okay, there's something called shame and there's something called guilt. And I'm like, oh, mm. and I'm like, yeah, so shame is this and guilt is this. I'm like, oh, it's shame. I've had shame all my life. Yeah. No, it's like, why is there? Like, oh, shame. I know that one. I know that. Oh my gosh. All my life. My mom's like, you don't need to do that. Like, but I do. Because it's like, I take it upon myself every time. It's like, it's a part of life. This is a part of life. I mean, would you, should you grow up in Texas or you grew up in. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, I did not. I, um, so I uh, moved to Massachusetts after I was adopted. Mm. I lived there for two years. And then after I was there, I was living in Indiana. I lived there for nine years. And then my dad, uh, you know, had the galls to force us to live in Paris, France for high school. Okay. Horrible. Horrible, um, uh, horrible culture shock, honestly. Um, oh, but I... it was not like food great. Um, but we were there for four years. And then I graduated. Um, and at that time, I took a break from college so I could get mental help because I was broken by then. I was mm. really broken emotionally. I just couldn't deal with, with my life. Um, so I went to an institute for a few months and then I went to live with my parents in New York, uh, Buffalo. And then I went to college to um, Ball State University. And I um, kind of made that with my parents that I could get my degree done in two, two and a half years or three oh, years. Damn. Two and a half years to prove them. I could do that. And I had no college life. So if you ask me how my college life was, the only wow. thing I ever did was I swallowed a goldfish in a shot glass. And that's all I did. Um, I was not a fun person. Highlight. <laughs> Woo! Um, and then I got called on a mission. And I think this is also part of, I guess, the story too, is a mix of, I got called. So in Mormonism, men get called on two-year missions. You can go anywhere in the world. There are some restricted areas like no missionaries in china there are no missionaries in china mm. um right now actually they're building a temple in china but only chinese members can go in it so mm. that's a thing but um my parents were hopeful that i'd go somewhere where i could speak chinese because you know there was a i guess a promise to them that that's where i'd go and mm. when i was a child that your child's gonna go teach your own people and i was like yay and and then i did i got called to uh British Columbia Vancouver mission mm. in Canada, Mandarin Chinese speak, speaking, and I lasted four months there. Okay. I cut ties and said, I can't do this. I, because, right, like, I hate, I hated my own culture. I hated yeah. language. I was like, well, I, this is the worst thing that could happen. 
to me. I want to speak French. I was living in France for four years. Gosh. Um, and so I was there and that was traumatic. And so then after that, I went and moved to Utah for a bit. Um, and then I moved to Delaware, um, where I learned the cool world of HR. Um, and then I was like, I want a degree in HR. And so I got my master's in Colorado um, in HR management, development, and then employee relations. And then I met my partner <laughs> there. Um, and then from there, she decided to move to Portland and I followed and now I'm in Portland. Wow. So that's where I'm from. I don't know. I, I hate when people ask me where I'm from. I was, I was like, did you grow up in Texas? No, I grew up here. randomly from there. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. you said birth certificate. I was like, wait, did you actually live in Texas? And it doesn't didn't sense that you actually like lived in Texas <laughs> at all. It's like, huh? <laughs> I don't like it either. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's, it's that's a trip, but it's like life, man. <laughs> Move around everywhere. Life so just takes you places, but you like where you are now. Like you do I like love it. I love it here. Like I said, it's it's kind of funny. Like that I've got my adoptee community. I got mm. my best friend who loves my community. She's she's white, but she like looks cool as white person ever. Because she's like, mm. I so much support your journey. And I'm like, yes, okay, we can do this. And of course, my partner and um, we have the cat I told you about. Her name is Cordelia, and then we have a dog. <laughs> Energy. He is full of energy. So, oh my gosh. He's out on a walk because if he was here, he'd be barking and wanting to play, and it'd just be a whole situation. Oh, yeah. Pets. Gotta love him. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a wow. Was this a, so do you have any desire to go back to China or is I that do. something? Um, I th- my, and my, and, and it's kind of funny when I asked my parents financially for money, my mom's like, I don't have it. I can't do it for you. Asked my dad, it was a kind of in the air question of no. But in the future, if you want to go to China, I'll, I'll go with you kind of vibe. So I don't know if that means yes or no on the money thing. But um, I think I've always wanted an opportunity to at least know the cultural side of it. Um, I've had hesitation to go to Shanghai because there's always just that feeling of like, well, that's where I'm from. So I don't want to absolutely meet my parents and not know that I met my parents mm. there. So, oh, um, there's yeah. hope that I have. Like, I'm like, I'd love to go visit one day. And then if I go to Shanghai, I, I want to do it for my future search journey yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know about you I, I like I'm, I don't I try, I try so hard I just really try so hard wherever I go whether it's San Francisco or whether it's like anywhere and not to go to Chinatown any Chinatown I go to and I go I wonder <laughs> like I wonder I to go to America am I related to you <laughs> I know right it's like you search. don't look like like I wouldn't do that, and like so that's where that whole push, and that's why I, I said a lot in my post. Like, that's a good point. Threw me into a realm, going, I need that. I need to have that. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, I'm trying to create my own little YouTube, and I'm trying to make my own little Instagram and feel cool about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna heal and look. Oh my yeah. The thing that came out of my conversation with my father was that, oh no, you need to heal. It sounds like you need to heal. You can't do search you can't just do culture you need to just do oh. no 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 i'm gonna do all three yeah why not it's not possible i'll, I'll prove that to you so i'm trying to prove it I mean, yeah. yeah it's not like you can only do one thing you can do it all because <laughs> each thing has its own rhythm and pattern i'm sure so it's like uh, you can heal and search and also like just explore more about the culture exactly but i like that i mean i want to go you know Full drive. And, and like that, I had, did have to take a break in those artist moments because you'd had those conversations. Where yeah. Like, oh, yeah. How are you doing? I was like, oh. I was like, no, I still want to go. You can't stop me. Right. Oh, I was it's like, rolling. 
And I'm talking about you in my podcast, just so you're aware. <laughs> yeah. And, I love you. and I'm also mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a good mad. Yeah. It's like where we we have our parents, we got our birth parents and whatnot. And it's like yeah, well, at the end of the day. Your podcast at all or anything like that. They're like, oh, you're doing good. Or like, you know, I told them about it when I started, and I don't know if they know that I'm still doing it, but I'm still doing it for sure. Um, my mom was like not too receptive about it. I think mm-hmm. that stems from her own feelings about like related to adoption and whatnot. And then my dad was like, Oh, that's really cool. And that was it. I was like, okay, dad. <laughs> I don't know from you guys. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. I think coming back then when I started, I definitely felt like I wanted more validation from my parents. But now after like fighting and like not really talking to, I was like, I don't need validation from you guys anymore. I'm going to keep doing this thing. And then also it was like a part of it is um, soon I will be visiting and seeing them for the first time in like three years. It's been like, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. Yeah, no, I just started that whole journey. You know, like uh, this spring, I did a three month break on my mom. And I was like, I need a break. I want to watch like to live without you just in my life. And it was like, wow, okay, wow. Oh, yeah. Are. It's so refreshing. Well, it's so weird though, because again, right? It's this, I, I, this whole crazy thing of adoption and life. Yeah. And idea, like, I think it just comes down to the reality of parents. Like you are conditioned in your own little mind, whether it came from your parents' way of treating you or the way it is, that you were supposed to have parents. And so it's like, my yeah. parents are my parents, what they have in my life. And so when they're not in my life, it's horrible. But that's like, but they're also not helping you right now in this situation. So. Yeah. How do you make that choice to go? I I need to take a break. I don't not I don't hate you. I just need. To oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess mean, it goes the same way for like our parents and us. Like they probably like I need a break from my own kid. I'm like you know what? Do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I guess it goes both ways. It's like I need a break from parents, but it's like parents are like I need a break from my. I don't child. know. My, my my parents haven't been so forthcoming at the whole. We need a break. I mean, I get the oh, whole. Oh yeah. That's where uh, I'm in. A, I'm in another beach today. I'm like, oh good. I'm glad you're. Oh okay. Oh, I can I mean, buy a <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, you guys are traveling. That's great. I hope you're having fun. <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, they they had their break technically. It's just that. Yeah. You know, they they still want you know they still want the connection because they want to build. And I think sometimes I get and I feel like sometimes they want that feeling of to say to tell other people like, oh, Sarah's doing fine. Like, oh, that's why you called me. I guess I'm that's gonna, a part of it too. Yeah. I'm doing, yes, I'm doing fine. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm definitely at the point of like with my parents too. It's like if something happens, I would like to know that something is happening because yeah. we're, we're all getting older. So <laughs> definitely wouldn't be aware. But yeah, it's like time, space, and boundaries is like that is the huge aspect. It's like because everybody's like time heals all wounds. It's like they don't tell you that like boundaries also heal all wounds too. Yeah, I like that. I was like, yeah. Are you? Can you post that on your Instagram? Just to yeah. Like, that? Just like that. a little time heals all wounds. So do boundaries. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like in the middle of what I'm like going through now. It's like, yeah, I just need to make boundaries too. It's like, oh, I, I know. Was... I was talking to my best friend about that. I was like, because you know, I was telling her, like, okay, you know, now that I'm on this journey and I'm healing, I'm dealing with my stuff. I just need to figure out, okay, what, like. Because I won't lie, I'm horrible at confrontations. I'm horrible at like, mm. like I don't like things. And so when things happen, or like when parents like, hey, it's right, they like have this back off, back off 
what is it called those backhanded compliments yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you have the right now to be put out in gym my brain goes I don't want them to be mad at me like my first reaction I think is yeah. right? well I don't want them to be mad at me I don't want to get in trouble it's like well you what are they gonna do like this so you maybe but you know other than that like what are they gonna do they're gonna spank you and come over in your house and you just, you know, I was like, like no <laughs> just that, that that automatic you know that's reaction that's yeah like I guess like from oh, being me, from like how you grew up yeah right but so yeah that's kind of how where i'm at where i'm like i don't know how to tell like hey what you did really made you hurt my feelings and maybe mm -hmm. like therefore when now this has to happen it's more like i'm going to go cry exactly I'm gonna, it's like i'm gonna just you know go somewhere else and you know deal with my own feelings because i'm the one percent over here trying to figure it out well yeah. well i mean then that's what thing. i don't know about you but um i don't know you you have a significant other right I do no, not. No, no, I do not. I do not. But you have you have good friends because I think that's the thing. I'm I have good friends. I yeah. Love the whole like they are my my boundaries. Mm -hmm. They're like okay, exactly. We're gonna do this for you. We're gonna protect you. It's okay. And I'm like great. But I wanted to do it for myself one day. But thank you. Like I oh yeah. You. <laughs> but I know I need to learn learn how to do this one day. And it's gonna happen. Oh, yeah. but right now, I like my my protectors. <laughs> There. oh yeah i feel like it's really hard to do it really truly like solo like you gotta have some people who like help to advocate for you in addition to yourself i was oh, like yeah. yeah i couldn't do this without like my best friend for sure I'm like uh, what do i do because they're always the ones who are like yeah that person is crappy and they did a crappy thing and i was like yeah same with you that person your life is doing crappy thing and it's like yeah. Kind of well yeah this is but then i mean that's part of the way the adoption because i think that happens with mm -hmm. most adoptions the whole like when you like there for your friend and they're like oh my god you're so there for me and then something happens to you and you're just like oh, why didn't you stand up for yourself but i know I, i'm not like you yeah oh yeah i do always think about the like talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend and i was like right right because I think we are definitely the harshest to ourselves. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, why did you do that? Like, that is, this is, you made this decision. That's why you're doing this right now. Blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I got to stop being so mean to myself. Well, I like what my, my partner does. Um, she likes this. So sometimes when my parents say something mean on like my text, she's like, okay. So she like, you get upset. I'm like, no, no, you're getting angry. I don't want to get angry with them. It's like, I don't speak in my words. So you write something up and then I'll clean it up to make it sound like me. And then we'll go forward. And then it's win-win for both of us mm -hmm. like, yell and i don't feel like i just got this i know hey let's do it i know it's like getting it mad for you and it's like no no don't get mad for me one day it's gonna happen and it does and you know where it happens in my dreams in my dreams I'm yeah and doing all the things i can tell my parents how mad i am about the situation and i'm like oh yeah well, we i know it's like it's very cathartic when it's like oh i think i had a dream where i like got to work through that thing great all right next <laughs> Yeah, so dreams are the best thing. No, dreams are, I know. But sometimes I'll tell people you have to actually do that, you know. I'm like, um, sure, one day. One day. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess I do have to deal with it in real life. But in my dream, it's really nice to like work through these things. And then of course it's like, okay, you know you have to forward this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. I will. Yeah. I, will. Yeah. I mean, that would be something to like talk to my dad or my mom like on this podcast but I don't foresee that happening anytime soon so <laughs> or you know you could always do those things like conversation with my dad without my dad yeah oh true <laughs> true solo recording me talking to my dad but it's not actually my dad <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah. No, this is this has been a great conversation. I really like. Oh this. yeah. Like that, it goes anywhere. It goes everywhere. It's, it's it goes anywhere. Goes everywhere, and you know, I think people just like to hear things validation. that they feel. Yeah, they feel validated. Yeah, I validated. feel like. That's what they like to hear. I hope everybody feels validated after listening to this episode, and you know, reach out. <laughs> You need any help please call the appropriate people who can help you exactly i'm not so asking you guys to do things you can't do i don't want you to do things you can't do i'm asking you to do things you can do oh yeah but there's you resources find a, you yeah. can't find a partner that i like my partner find yourself a best friend that's so, there you go there yeah like, the, my, <laughs> the search for a significant partner. other not going oh not going oh well so far so it's like we we're on a break it's great i'm taking a break from all that and it's like yeah i don't i don't i'm good for now <laughs> yeah well good like i said i mean you're focusing on yourself and that's kind of the, the best journey and i think oh, yeah and sometimes i think people prefer again because it's what's only so, and it comes down to that that's what the norm is norm would be that you should have something right now right mm -hmm. like, there are no shoulds in this world it's like well yeah. but, uh, what's normal is different Everyone's different. Everyone's different story, but we all get to share it, and that's what I love about these conversations and the podcasts I've heard, and and the people I've gotten to meet through this experience is just that yeah. We can just have conversations, and then we're not crazy. <laughs> and this whole conversation is like that. I know. Yeah. Is there is there anything else you're looking forward to learn from other adoptees or anybody um, you want to yeah. learn? Um, that's a good question. Is there anything else? Um, I did. I mean, I think that's definitely it's understanding for me, at least on my end, is understanding boundaries because that mm. is something I don't do and I don't know. Um, I think it's important to understand how that works because, like I said, I think this journey, while it's ideal to have your adopted parent there, it's ideal to have the healthiest, happiest relationship with your adopted parent. You know, some people don't have that. And so it's yeah. like, what do they do? How do they? continuing for because I think you know, again right we we try not to we try not to be upset when we're like oh you have a good relationship with your parents like oh mm -hmm. like oh no that's good for you but how can I take those you know those um right. those, those practices into what I have even though that's not the thing I have because there are other ways to get that like I said through friends through others through like I said groups being able to you know, mm -hmm. I don't know what's in your location but I think yeah you're in New York City, yeah. There's, City, there's yeah. definitely quite a few, quite a few. Yeah, it's really great. And then I have Portland, and that's we have um on Sunday. I think we have a BIPOC community event. So it's really exciting. Mm. Grass, so I'm really excited to be able to integrate with other adoptees, not just people of color, but you know, others. Um, so that's gonna be really exciting. Um, mm. on my end, and so of course learning from that too. And again, being open minded. It's just like with I don't know about you, but my 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 understanding of Chinese, and that's one thing that I had a amazing woman who's from Australia tell me. Um, she has this uh, international Chinese adoptee group. Um, that she created because Australia at the time didn't have one. They only had mm, that's awesome. 25 years old, this this group she's had. Um, she did the same thing. It's like, you have to start being open. I know what things like. You, yeah. You're learning about China, not in a Western mindset. Right. Like, not in a mindset. Like, there are things that China does good at. And it's like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, again, right? Being able to say, oh, well, I just heard in the news about China did this. Like, well, what? Yeah, you know, there's that. Right. And plus, like, through your filter. So, like, it might yeah. not be as bad. I mean, I'm sure. You're understanding your history. It's the same, it's the same with, like, yeah. the U.S., too. Right. Like, people learning about our history and stuff. And, yeah. like, it's probably not presented well on a great filter either. So, it's like, it's uh, to each their own. 
but understand the dynasties or understanding how family like is mm -hmm. so important to them in that realm and, and these things that actually make sense going okay like I can take that and I think being able to embrace that make that something right. that I think makes it easier especially if you want to come visit uh, China is like you don't have that judgment there and I think that's what you have to let go of right judgment that you will initially feel because of how your parents you know taught you to right things that you've been told about China or stuff like that you just have to let it go like, yeah. yeah a hard thing to do is letting that's a very go. hard thing to do yeah it's like oh because this is what I, 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 I'm all for that it's like I want people to you know the people that come on in the future and the people that we interact with uh you know moving forward are to be people who can be able to I think add that to that toolbox right or the thing that my partner says best I love it it's called the backpack of truths and being yeah take that backpack and be able to, you know, apply those truths to your life so that when you ever have to question, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, why am I doing this? You have something to, you know, support you at the end of the day going, yeah. I'm this because I am Chinese or I am an adoptee and because I am this, I'm going to do these actions. Right. That kind of beautiful sentiment. I love it. Yeah, that's a beautiful sentiment to end on. Yeah. <laughs> You do have Instagram. What is what is yeah, it? Yeah, um, it's called. Um, I I have to look at it again because last time I was on a podcast, I did not remember. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I No, it is. Um, yeah, it's called the Adoptee Apostate. And I'll so, share that too. Space or nothing like that. It's just the Adoptee Apostate. Got a little panda. Yay. I just thought I actually did that on a the on the um Chat GBT like what's it? What's their art thing that they do? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How that art, I created that. Oh, Book of Mormon. I love it. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm glad you're explaining. So I was like, I see a panda, but I didn't realize it's eating. That's funny. He's eating scriptures. Ah, that makes sense. I want to die. Very connected. I'm technically apostate, so there we go. I like it. Nice. Okay. Yes, those who understand more about the the context would definitely get that. But I was like, yeah, I, and then I think yeah, part of that too is also have more conversations about people who, and I think maybe yeah, I'd love to hear yeah. more understand like how religion impacted. I think adoptees and how mm -hmm. now do they still believe in God? They <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's very interesting. It's like it's like, like that. I like to call it, it's like that double. Like not only do you have to please your parents, you gotta please God now. Oh my gosh! So it's just like, yeah. I, I wonder. I do wonder. I was like, oh, yeah. That because I, I couldn't. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I, I mean, I definitely have, you know, yeah. that spirituality in my life, but I, I couldn't do it through a religion. And so, yeah, at that level, it's a, whew. It's like that. There comes a point where you can't keep pleasing everybody. Yeah. What about me? What about me? Yep. What about me? Because that's who we live with at the end of the day is ourselves. <laughs> And some are okay with that. Some are definitely not. Okay. I know. That's a, it's wild. We're working on it. We're working on it. Well, perfect. Well, this was really great conversation. I feel like we went really deep, even though we didn't like go super, super deep. We did go deep, though. It's like, yes. We talked about a lot of things. Oh, yeah. We covered a lot of ground, but it's always nice to like keep talking and like catching up with people. It's like, yeah, so how is, uh, how's life? What's going on? I'd be right. Because at the end of the day, you're a human being. You're not just this podcaster. You're just not, you know. Oh, my gosh. You're just a human being. Like, that been the day? Probably, you know, I'm going to go figure out what to eat here. Then. Oh, yeah. Hannah's like, no, I'll go to bed soon. <laughs> Another day. Another day. Lovely. One day at a time. Always one yeah. day at a time. Like that is definitely a cliche, but it's so true. It's like one day at a time. Yeah, and keep us posted. Like that, any growing moments, like moments you're like, oh, oh yeah. I always yes. love little dates. That's one thing I do. Like, oh yeah. 
Hey, I do like seeing where people are at too. It's like, oh wow, that's what you're doing now too. Whoa, okay. Um, Was it good? Kinda... Yeah, I'm, I'm, right now I'm in the stress of like, oh, is it going to be okay when I make this payment? Will I get my results? Yep. Sorry, yeah. If anyone out there who thinks <sighs> like, it's well, um, yeah, okay. It's okay. It's all gonna be okay. It is. It's gonna be hopeful. <laughs> Put that in your backpack. Put that in my backpack of truths. Yeah. Well, thank you again and i just looked at my outro but thank you for listening to adopted sport in china podcast you can reach me at adopted baby no not adopted oh no adopted babies from china pod wow it's getting late adopted babies from china at gmail.com <laughs> and adoptees born in china pod on instagram and facebook yay okay yay. <laughs>